Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Jesus, as he came into Jerusalem on a donkey, he was demonstrating his humility, saying, I've not come to be served, but to serve. And constantly through his life and his ministry, he was just showing us how to live, how to be. We we often focus on Jesus because he is our Lord and Saviour, but he didn't live saying, this is all about me. Constantly he was saying, this is all about the Father. He was always pointing to the Father. What he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that he gives me are the only things I can speak because everything points to the Father. Everything that I do, I only do because I see him doing it, always pointing to the Father. Don't you love that? So even Jesus didn't live saying, hey, I'm Jesus, I've come to save you all. He's constantly, he was constantly pointing to the Father. And, and what did he say? He said, I can't do anything unless I see him doing it. I can't say anything unless I hear him say it. And then he says, I and the Father are one. The Father is in me and I, I am in him. We are one together. It's... But then what does he say? He then says to those who are around him, but you are in me and I'm in you. And in the same way as I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, you are in me and I'm in you. So if you are in me and I'm in you, then you're in the Father and the Father is in you. Isn't that awesome? We're not not trying to get to God. He's already in us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's not the message today, but anyway, it's encouraging, isn't it? Um, Just want to share something for a couple of minutes and then we're going to, Kind of just flow into what God wants to do and say this morning. Just want to, for a couple of minutes, so, so what is God doing? What's God doing? Um, so for the last few months, uh, I've been meeting with a number of church leaders from Horsham and the churches around uh, just to seek the Lord. But... The heart of that is to build relationships with one another to the point where God actually wants to form covenant relationships between local leaders in this area where we love one another, we lay our lives down for other. That's, that's a journey. And God's, God wants to build such strong relationships, like a net of relationships. Because as he increasingly moves over the next few years, it's going to take loads of churches to, to be able to handle the scale of harvest that God is speaking about. Anybody believe that today? So um, there's, at that level, locally, there's relationship being built. And when we've met, the lot, just increasingly as we're meeting, like God is there and God is speaking and one of the things God is saying is, 
Don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush. God's not interested in our activity. And he says, don't rush. I want you to come and be with me together. It's like, it's like the 70 elders, you know, with Moses. They went up the mountain to, to meet with God. And in that place, they ended up having a meal, a feast with God. It was, and it's, there's an abiding, there's a, there's a relational thing that God is doing. Last Sunday evening, for those of you that, that were here, the, the worship night, it was amazing. Anybody here? Yeah. Who was here for that? The next one, you all need to be here, honestly. Is, is, the next one's the 2nd of July. Um, the sound in the room, you could say, well, it's just 300 people that turned up, you know, worshipping the Lord together. There was that, but there was something else in here. It was like God saying, I've, I've, not that God's not been saying, I've been waiting for this moment. But it's like God saying, now's the time. Now's the time. And God is and will do something relationally across the people of God in Horsham in this area. At the beginning, when we were just getting going, shared a couple of things, and then we said, right, go and, go and say hello to five people that you don't know, you've never met them before. We, had, we set it out like an encounter night, you know, with the chairs around the edge with a big space in the middle. We said, just come across the room, go and meet. And, and people just started meeting people, talking people to people. And after a few, few minutes, I said, all right, you know, and, and nobody listened to me, they just carried on talking. And, and it, was, it was like you couldn't shut people up because people were, were engaging, talking. You could hear this sound in the room of just, it was just talking and greeting, but there was something more going on in the spirit than, and there were people that used to be in the church here that are now part of other churches. It was great to see them. And there were, and, and one of the church leaders said to me uh, afterwards, um, when, when we did the meet and greet bit, they said two different individuals, this is before the meeting even got going, there was a point in the meeting where everybody was on their knees and, and, and there was some just getting right with God and if you needed to sort anything out about a church leader or a church you've been in or another other church, that whatever denomination, you need to get something sorted. But even before we got even to anywhere near that, in terms of what God obviously unfolded during the evening, two different people said to one of the church leaders, when they met, he'd never met them, he, he said, hi, they said, hi, my name's so-and-so, I go to this church. And two individuals separately said to him, I need to ask you to forgive me because I've spoken badly about your church and ask you to forgive me. And that's before, that was just in the chat at the beginning. So God, God's, God's going to deal with all of that because if we think that we can pray for God to move and we're... we're, we're giving it that about other churches, other leaders, other believers across our town. God's, God is going to sit there and he's like, you know, well, I'll, I'll wait till you guys grow up a bit. So, but it's God's time. So that's locally. God, something's happening. Okay. Something's happening. Um, Jane and I were away in Wolverhampton on Thursday and Friday. Um, and we're, we're, We've been asked to be part of an apostolic team that, of different leaders from different parts of the country. There are about 18 of us on Thursday, just a day of prayer, seeking the Lord, 
sharing, listening and all of that. And, but at the heart of it is this, this is relationship. And it's not about ministry. It's not let's meet together to do ministry. It's meeting together to build relationship. Yeah. And where God's going with it is covenant. And the, the, the depth of relationship, you know, in that group is, is quite amazing how open everybody is and what God's saying and doing. Um, then on the Friday, there was a leader's day. There were about 170, 180 leaders from different places there. It wasn't a conference. There were some sessions, and what, but it was more... It, it, I, I don't know how to describe it, really. It's just God is fusing something between people, between leaders, uh, and therefore then between churches. And God is the good and the bad in the church. God is bringing to the surface. And he needs to. For the church to be who he's called the church to be in our nation, for the time that we're already in, and the days that we're going to increasingly come into, yeah. that we, we, we won't be able to be out of sorts That's with right. another believer yes. in our own church, yes. in other churches, um, amongst leaders, yes. networks, denominations. And or it's, it, you know, where, where someone is open or where a church is open, God's going to move. Where people will humble themselves and get before God, where leaders will say, Father, forgive us for controlling yeah. stuff, for focusing more on packaging and, and models than we have on you and your Holy Spirit. It's like God's doing a stripping back work across the church at the moment. And as, as he's doing that, there's other stuff that's obviously coming to the surface, which is not the focus of this morning. Um, but he is moving. He is working. And it's so important that we build stronger relationships with the church, churches in the town here and the area. And even further afield than just Horsham and the villages into Crawley, other towns around. How God's going to develop things over the next few years without competition dealing with insecurities. Because what God's doing won't be about a brand. It won't be about a name. It won't be about an individual. The fear of the Lord is going to be right at the heart of what he does. A reverence for God. What does the Bible say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Where we raise ourselves up above God, our own wisdom, our own opinions, our own interpretations of the Bible to say things that it doesn't say, but we're turning it into what we want to say in certain areas or places. What does that tell you, show you? We've lost the fear of the Lord. There isn't a reverence for God. Wherever someone or a church or a denomination raises its own opinions... Above, the, above God and his word, you know we've lost the fear of the Lord. And that's a dangerous place to be. 
And so the fear of the Lord is going to be so, so important, a reverence and awe for God and his word, the authority of who he is and the authority of his word. So, so important. The religious leaders of the day, Palm Sunday, just come back to that for a moment before we get into what we're actually going to look at this morning. Um, They were freaking out. And as God moves, everything in his church that is not of him, he is going to expose more and more. It will be seen for what it is. But all those who say, Father, I want to set my face in my life to know you, to seek you. People are going to live in a dimension of the spirit and a release of God that none of us in this room or anybody listening to this has ever lived in before. God works from glory to glory. He doesn't go backwards. He doesn't stand still. He always moves forwards and upwards in terms of what he does and what he releases. The days we're in are days to yield daily. God wants, but also, if we can put it this way, needs you and I as believers to have a deeply rooted relationship with him. Spending time in the word every day with him, reading listening, surrendering, coming under his lordship, everything, hearts, minds, attitudes, motives, agendas, desires, everything, daily, deep, rooted relationship with Jesus, cultivating that in our lives, cultivating a reverence and a fear of God in our lives, every day of our lives. If we don't, will get blown away by what is going on in the world. Amen. Enthusiasm, excitement is not going to cut it. It's not. A simple, solid, deep, rooted relationship yeah. with Jesus. It takes time and you have to put other things aside to cultivate something in your life that is going to save you. Where we are at this time is that serious. We have been saved. We are being saved. Cultivate a deeply rooted, cultivate a listening ear. We're going to talk about listening to God in a few weeks' time. How do you hear God's voice? How do you know what's him and what isn't, all of that stuff? Because we really need to know that in the day that we're in. And that's why Jesus, when he went into the temple, he overturned all the tables and everything in the temple that was going on that was not about God, was not about the Father. He's like, we haven't got time for this. We haven't got time for that. We haven't got time for your methodologies. We haven't got time for your consumerism. We haven't got time for your this, that and the other. That's what he was saying to them. There's no time for this. This is supposed to be a house of prayer for the nations. And then he begins to heal the sick. And so this morning, our, our focus, emphasis is, is on healing. Now, you've got some cards in the middle. We'll come to those in a few minutes before you grab them and start reading them. We'll come to those in a minute. Um, 
but just want to share for a few minutes and we have a little bit of chat around the table. So before we, before we get into this, what I want you to do for two, two or three minutes is in the context of all that God's been talking to us about, sharing our life, faith in Jesus, okay? Just for the next two minutes with one person around your table, not everybody, one person, just turn to them. How have you been getting on? Just give some stories, testimonies about how you've been sharing your life, faith in Jesus, whether that's with other believers, whether that's with people who don't know the Lord, what's been happening over the last month or two in relation to sharing your life, faith and Jesus. Ready? Go. Two minutes, one other person and then we'll come back. Okay. Heard some good stories, some encouraging stories. Anybody? Not I'm going to ask you to. Maybe not. Hopefully. Now we've been we've been sharing our our lives. As in, what, what does that mean? We've been talking about opening up our, our lives, our homes, and and just spending time with people sharing our faith, our testimonies, the stories of what God's done in, in our lives. And we'll be sharing Jesus, um, who he is in people's lives and how people can come to know him. And one of, the, one of the ways in which we can share our life, faith in Jesus is seeing people healed. Praying for people, seeing people healed. How many of you would love to see more people healed through your life, right? Brilliant. Now, it's clear, isn't it, through both the Old and the New Testament that healing is an essential part of God's purposes for people. Isaiah prophesied uh, through the passion and crucifixion of Jesus that healing would become available through what Jesus has done on the cross to those who believe in him or those who just literally come to him. Jesus healed a lot of people that didn't necessarily follow him. Okay, we'll come to a bit more of that in a bit. Healing, therefore, was a vital part of Jesus' ministry. He also then gave authority to his disciples and power to heal in his name. We read other scriptures where it's also made clear that to us as believers, like you and I, that we can lay hands on the sick and they will be healed, right? Um, Jesus makes it clear that... Anybody who comes to him with faith and expectation, they're going to receive from him. And the healing is available to anyone. How many of you know that uh, Jesus can heal any form of sickness and every disease? Is that right? Amen. So healings also, there, there are gifts of healings as mentioned as one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. What, what does that mean? Healing, gifts of healings. It, healing is a gift into our life. So there are gifts, there are many ways in which God gives gifts of healings to people. He heals many different things, diseases and all of that. And, and part of the expression of the Holy Spirit in us is to be able to lay hands on the sick or speak to the sick or see sick people healed through our lives. Anybody believe that this morning? Okay, so before we get into a little bit of that, what was the motivation of Jesus? What was his motivate? What motivated him to meet someone's need, to heal them? Let's have a quick look 
in Matthew 14, verses 13 and 14. This is just after John the Baptist had, uh, had died, had been beheaded and, and died. And it says here, when Jesus heard what had happened, to, to, this is to John the Baptist, because he was Jesus' cousin, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Jesus wanted a bit of time just to, to grieve. Grieving is not a negative thing. It's like, grieve, grieve, it's so important that we grieve in the right way. It's a healthy thing to deal with grief in our, in our lives and how we process that. Jesus wanted to go off into a solitary place. What did Jesus do when he went to a solitary place? He spent time with the Father. He wanted to go and be away from everything. I want to go and just be with the Father. I just want to process the emotions that are going on in me right now because my cousin or second cousin or whatever has just lost his life and I just need some space and time to process what's going on, be with the Father and everything. But in that context, hearing this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed in the boat that he was in and saw a large crowd, look at this, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Wow. So even he just lost somebody very, very close to him. John the Baptist was the forerunner for Jesus. He understood the guy that's been preparing the way for me to come and now for me to step into the next phase of what the Father's doing. He's just gone. He's just been killed. He's... But yet when he saw the crowds, he was full of compassion. And he said he healed their sick. Don't you love that? Yeah. Let's have a look at Matthew 20. Um, here's a scenario where he's coming, or he's just leaving Jericho, large crowd again following him. Two blind men were sitting by the road. And when they heard Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, Lord, we want our sight. Now, you might say, well, it's a bit obvious, isn't it? If a couple of guys are blind and Jesus says, what is it you want me to do for you? What's Jesus looking for? He's, he's what, what do you want me to do for you? What, what, what are you expecting? What do you want from me? What is it is? And they were like, we want to see, we want our sight. Look at what it says. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Where did the compassion come from? Came from the Father, Father right? Immediately they received their sight. Compassion is different than feeling sorry for someone. Compassion is not just a, an emotion of, oh, well, I'm sorry, mate. Well, hopefully things will get, things will get better and, well, you know, and then we carry on. Compassion is it's a strong desire that, that wants to alleviate someone from suffering. Compassion, true, genuine compassion has action. It leads to something. It's interesting, Jesus wasn't dissuaded by the crowd. The crowds were a crowd around him in both scenarios, but yet in both situations, he, he was more interested in the individual and meeting their need than the accolade of the crowd. Because Jesus was moved by compassion, not by the fanfare of the moment. Jesus never did anything to get a crowd. Some, I've heard some people say, well, Jesus did it so he could get a crowd to preach the gospel. That's not what he did. When you, you read the scenarios, it, it was with compassion that he healed somebody. Often he took people away from the crowd because he wanted them to be on their own. Not, oh, look at this, I'll do it in front of it. You know, Zacchaeus took him from there to, into his house. 
a blind man, you know, the mud in the eyes scenario, he took him away from the crowd. He didn't say, hey, look, guys, look what I'm going to do. You know, and they'll go, oh, Jesus, Jesus. He's like, no. Why? Because Jesus wasn't interested in anybody giving him the accolades. What he was interested in was the father doing whatever he wanted to do in this individual and, and often he would say, now go and give a sacrifice. Go to the temple and give glory to God and thank him for what he's just done in, in your life. That was his, his motivation, compassion. And so God wants the motivation of our hearts to be compassion. Sometimes we even pray, Father, heal so many people so that everybody goes, wow, look at Jesus, so they come to know you. What's, what's the motive of that? It's showmanship. It's performance. And God simply wants to touch people's lives through you and me with compassion, with the heart of the Father. So let's have a quick look before we have another conversation around the table. What did Jesus do? Now, we're not going to read through all these scriptures, but in Matthew 8, there's a scenario where a leper comes and kneels before him he says, if you're, uh, w- are you willing, you know, uh, will you heal me if you are willing? And Jesus takes the if out of it and says, I'm willing. What does he do? At that moment for the leper, he touched him and he spoke. Now to touch a leper was like, you, you don't touch lepers. You don't even go near them in that culture. So he broke a lot of rules here, cultural rules and, and things. And he touched this guy and people around must have been like, what is he doing? He's, t- he's going to get leprosy. But yet he who is in Jesus was greater than he that is in the world or in somebody else's scenario. In that moment, what did he do? He touched and he spoke. Touched, be clean. And immediately he was cured from leprosy. Matthew, a bit later on in that chapter, um, Jesus is at Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law is lying in bed ill. What does he go? He goes in there and he simply touches her. She gets up and she begins to wait on them. What happens in Matthew 9, verse 6? Um, he, he says, um, uh, where the guy's lowered through the roof and the religious people are freaking out because he's already just said, you know, his sins are forgiven and everything else and they're, they're freaking out. And, and so he says, right, well, okay, if... Um, just so that you know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then says to the paralysed man, get up, take your mat and go home. In that moment, he just speaks. He doesn't touch the guy. He just speaks. In another scenario, he doesn't even give a command in this situation. Um, Someone comes to him and asks for, for mercy And he asked them a question. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Um, Oh, he did. Sorry, I'm reading the wrong scripture. Anyway, he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, it will be done for you. So he touched them, but didn't command. He says, according to your faith, it will be done. Immediately, the person gets healed. I know we can get our knickers in a twist about this one. Um, about faith. Lots of people say, oh, you know, you, but everybody who came to Jesus came with an expectation. Yes. Whether they were following him or whether they weren't, there was faith active, there was faith going on somewhere. Jesus was saying, what, what do you want? 
I want to be healed. I want my sight. Okay, well, be healed. What do you, what do you, what do you believe I'm going to do? You know, you're healed. God is the author of faith. Why, why is there such a low level of faith for things? Because maybe the church doesn't demonstrate who Jesus is a lot more. Oh, that's an ouch, isn't it? But when, when people come across people that believe, things start happening. People then come looking to find people who believe because when they find somebody who they know believes, something's going to happen. So there's faith already activated in them because they're like, if I can go there, something's going to happen to me. So they're actually believing. If I go to that building where those Christians meet, I might get healed. Well, I'm going to go there. So they're, they're at least coming with some expect. Are you there? Or they come and find us because somehow, you know, we, they've heard a story from a mate of theirs that we prayed for a mate of theirs and they got healed. Their mate told them and they're like, well, maybe I could get healed too. And that's what was going on with Jesus. He was just going about with compassion, touching this one here, speaking to that one there. The next thing, people are telling each other what happened. I'm going to go and find that Jesus because if I go and find him, I'm going to get healed too. Wow. Word of mouth. That even releases faith. Are you there? So what else is he? he uh, someone... Uh, pushed through the crowd. The woman had been sick for, for a long time. She pushed through the crowd. She shouldn't have been out in public because technically in that culture she was unclean. She pushed through the crowd, touched his cloak. He, didn't even, he wasn't even aware. Somebody tugged on his cloak, the tassels, and, and boom, she got healed at that moment. And then the one we all love, he picks up the dirt, spits in it, rubs it in the guy's eyes. That's an interesting one. He prays for him at first and the guy the blind guy, and he says, I can see people that look like trees. So then Jesus prays again for him, and then he, he hears, has his full sight. Sometimes when we pray for the sick, you know, we think if something doesn't happen, if 100% doesn't happen in that moment, oh, nothing's happening, we've blown it. Sometimes it might be that we just need to pray. Sometimes we just need to ask, what, what do you believe God's going to do in this moment? I often do that with somebody when they say, could you pray with me? And I'm like, well, what do you believe God wants to do in this moment? And some people look at you and go, I don't know, but I'd like him to heal me. Okay, what, what do you believe he's going to do right now? Could you believe that some of the pain's going to go or that lump might begin to go down or something? What can you believe? Yeah, oh, I can believe that. Right, well, that's our starting point. Let's agree that that begins to happen. And when we pray, something begins to happen. Their faith gets encouraged. And the next thing is like, well, should we believe for a bit more? Yeah, 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 great, because their faith, well, a bit more starts happening. Are you there? So it's not like we've got to be, you know, Superman all the time. And, and if, well, if it's not, then, oh, we, you know, God's not doing anything. Sometimes we just need to cultivate a little bit of faith between the, the, the people to begin to receive, begin to receive, begin to receive. How many of you have been healed in some way or other in your life? Okay, so you've got two minutes, one minute each, turn to someone and now just give them a testimony. What have you been healed of? Just encourage them. What have you been healed of? It might be one thing, it could be many things over the course of your life. Just give a bit of testimony that's going to encourage someone's faith now. What have you been healed of in your life? Just give a testimony.
How many of you have heard, how many of you just heard something that was like, wow, that was, that was amazing, that was brilliant, that was encouraging, anybody? I mean, anytime God heals somebody, whether it's a, an ache in the little finger or cancer or something like that, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing, right? So we always want to thank God for, for what he's doing in our lives. Now, we're just going to look at a few scriptures and then we're going to use this, this card this morning and then over the, this next few days leading up to Good Friday. Sometimes things happen like that when you pray for somebody in a moment. Boom. And some phenomenal stuff can happen right in a moment. Yet other times seem to be a little bit unfolding. You know, uh, sometimes there's a miracle in motion when you pray for someone. So just quick story. When I, when I was a teenager, I used to do motocross and I had a bad accident doing it. And, and basically I broke my shoulder and the ball joint came out of the socket, but the bone in the arm then came, broke away from the ball joint. So I had the ball joint here at the front and my arm was just totally limp like that. And, and there was literally a hairline piece of bone and, they, and I had a massive blood clot. And they said to me, you're gonna have to have an operation. Once the blood clot's gone down in the next week to 10 days, you're gonna have to have an operation to pin it, put it all back, pin it all together. And you're, gonna, you, you're not gonna be able to use your arm properly um, because of the nature of the break and what we need to do. So you won't have the full extension of your arm and you won't be able to do this, that and the other so well um, going forward. So at the time, the guys were the elders in Kingdom Faith. I, I you know, obviously my dad was one of them. I just said, look, could you pray for me? And um, they said to me that even once you've had the operation in a couple of weeks time, you, you, it's going to take at least three months to four months before you'll be able to begin to use your arm in the way that you normally would. And then it will take at least another three to six months to, for us to help with the movement and this and that and the other because of the nature of what had gone on. So they prayed for me. Um, and to cut a very long story short, four days, four weeks and one day after the accident, um, I never had to have an operation. Um, the, the ball joint went back in by itself. The bone re-knitted itself to the ball joint. And I've, I can do whatever with my arm and all that kind of thing. When we went in on the Monday, which is four weeks in the day, my dad and I to the hospital, because um, they'd already, they, we, we, the bone guy specialist, we went into his office. He had three other specialists there that day. They had the, the x-ray of when the accident happened and then that morning they x-rayed me. And they were standing there and they looked at it and said, that's four weeks ago, that's today. And he went, that is impossible in four weeks. It just cannot happen. Amen. And um, so he's like, the only, this is what he said, the only thing, the four of us, the only word we can use between that and that is a miracle. Amen. And we went, well, it is because we prayed and this is what God did. And then they signed me off. I was supposed to do loads of physiotherapy and they're like, you don't even need to do it because your arm's fine and all of that. So that, that was a miracle in motion. Okay. So don't, don't just think when somebody gets healed, it has to be a wham, bam there in that moment. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it takes a few days or a few weeks or whatever to, or longer to outwork certain things. So Ephesians 2.10. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us 
to do. There are things that God has already prepared for you and I to do to see happen in other people's lives. Any more than six of us believe that. Any more than 10 of us open to that and want to see God. There are things that God wants to do through you and me. There are miracles, things waiting to happen in other people's lives. I said to the Lord once, God, I want to see more miracles. And he said, well, go on then. Because often we're like, God, do more. And he's like, I'm ready. The question is, are you? Are we there? So the problem is not with God. It's, It's, are we ready in that sense? Okay, so Mark 16, 17 and 18. These signs will accompany those who believe. How many of you are believers in here this morning? Ten of you. Any more than that this morning? Come on, guys. This is kingdom faith. Okay, it says, In my name they will place their hands on sick people and they will be? They will be? Right, so who's a believer in the room? Have you got any hands? If you lay hands on people, what's going to happen? They're going to get? And it says, just lay it to you. Don't even have to say anything sometimes. They're just going to get healed, right? Matthew 10, Jesus called the 12, gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And he said, go and heal the sick. So how many of you are believers? How many disciples in the room? So we have the same, come on, go and heal the sick. So he gives us authority Delegated authority on his behalf as if he was here. We're acting in his name, okay? We have that authority. Then what happens in Acts verse 8? He says, but you will receive when the Holy Spirit... Now, we're, we're the other side of that verse, so we need to read it. I have received power because the Holy Spirit has come upon me to be a witness and to do all these various things that God commands us to do. And then 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. So how many of you have the Holy Spirit in your life? Some people are going, I'm not going to put my hand up this morning because then it's going to mean something. If you've got the Holy Spirit, God's never going to ask you to do anything without giving you what you need to do it. So what God is doing, he wants to encourage us, strengthen and build faith to see him do what he wants to do. How many of you know that faith grows? So when we do whatever God says, faith begins to grow. So if we never move towards healing the sick, we're not going to see anybody healed. If we move towards something, sometimes freaking out, is it going to work, isn't, what's going to happen, I don't know, and, and, and all of that. But at least if you move towards it, you're at least saying, God, I'm going to have a go. And he's like, great, have a go and, and let's see what, let's go on, let's have a bit of fun together and let's see what God's going to do. Yeah. Let's move towards it. And how many of you know that Jesus didn't just heal one here and one there and you know, one a year. Well, that'll do. I don't want to go over the top and see more than one person healed a year. That'll be just too spiritual, too crazy Christianity. I mean, Jesus sometimes healed loads of people in one day. So what could happen through us lot? In terms of what God wants to do. Okay, so grab your card, your green card that you've got on the table. There's seven scriptures here, okay? Now, there's two parts to the, to, to the response, if you like, this morning. Firstly, we're going to use this, these scriptures with one another in a couple of moments, okay? But also, this 
Good Friday, as part of our sort of worship communion, family time together on, on Friday at six here, um, we're going to have a time of healing where God's going to heal lots of people. Amen. Lots of stuff's going out on Friday. When I was praying a few weeks ago, God said to me, I want you to speak about this on Sunday, give people some scriptures to meditate on during the week and to just help spend some time beginning to receive from him during the week already. And some of you are going to get healed during the week before you even get to Friday. Things are going to change in your body. Stuff's going to, you're going to get healed. Things are going to happen between now and Friday anyway. And you might turn up Friday going, I'm already, it's already done, sorted. I'm ready to go. Others of you, um, you're going to receive your healing on Friday when we meet on Good Friday. Is that okay? And so how do we use something like this just quickly before we, we get into this? Psalm 103, verse 3. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. You know, sometimes what it's really good to do is sit down, spend time in the Lord and just meditate on the Word. And what, what do you mean by that, Clive? So sometimes you just need to sit there, relaxed, and you just, Father, I thank you that you forgive every one of my sins. And if you're aware of anything you need forgiveness for, just bring it to him. Father, I, I, I spoke negatively about someone or I had a thought that was not right about someone or I need to forgive that person. I've got angry about something. Father, I thank you that you just cleanse my heart and forgive me right now. Don't do yourself an injury just by giving yourself a hard time, right? Just, Father, I thank you your word says you forgive all my sins. So I just bring myself, but then your word says and you heal all my diseases. And then simply you can just sit there, thank you Jesus that you're my healer. And I thank you that you heal everything that's out of sorts in my body right now. Thank you that you're my healer. And allow the one who is the healer just to minister to you. Next verse, I am the Lord who heals you. I, I had eczema when I was a kid, really badly. I used to have to bandages and oh, it was awful. And, and I used to go to bed every night um, and I, would, I had to wear bandages because I just ripped my skin apart at night, just scratching, and it would all be weeping and it would be horrible, you know. But I, so I went to bed every night lying in, saying, thank you, Jesus, by your stripes I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus, that you're my healer. I wasn't saying, Jesus, please heal me, please heal me. I went to bed just meditating on the word so I could sleep properly without spending half the night scratching and one day God said to me got into bed I was just lying there waiting for one of my parents to come up and pray with me and um, I had this thought if Jesus went to the cross and took every sickness with him that means he took this eczema I never called it my eczema because it wasn't mine and, and it was like, he's taken this sickness with him. Therefore, I'm, I no longer have eczema. I'm healed. And at that moment, I said, Jesus, I thank you that I'm healed. Every day from that moment, I didn't, I didn't confess the, the, the scriptures anymore. What I did when I got into bed, I said, thank you, Jesus, I'm healed. Thank you that I'm healed. I still had the symptoms, but within three months, all the symptoms are gone. And I'd had them for 14 years. And so the word does something in us. So what I want you to do is, is I want you all just to stand for this bit if you can. And just with one other person, even you might, 
if, if, if you've got absolutely nothing wrong with your body whatsoever, you've not even got a tiny little ache or pain or anything, then thank you, Jesus, right? Um, but most of us probably maybe have some little thing going on here or there, or maybe something in the natural that appears a bit more major in terms of how we would see it. What I want to encourage you all to do if you need to receive some healing is spend time every day this week, every day, and maybe even three times a day for a few minutes, like you'd eat your meals, medicate on the word, come ready for Friday. But what we're going to do, we're going to start now. And you might not take them all, but for the next couple, two or three, couple of minutes each, is I just want you to just look at somebody in the eye, okay? They might close their eyes, right? And, and literally, you know, I know we sometimes do this to help us receive, and that's fine. But when you look at them, I just want you to say to them, and you just need to stand there, and you might say to them, Jesus is the Lord who heals you. And if you're standing there, just receive from him. Don't think about the symptoms. Has that ache gone yet? Has that pain gone yet? Or whatever. Just stand there and receive. And when somebody says whatever scripture they're going to read, I am the Lord who heals you. So make it relevant for them. I am the Lord who heals you. You just stand there and say, thank you, Jesus, that you're my healer. I just received my healing from you. Okay. We're just going to encourage each other for, for a couple of minutes each, all right, before we close this morning. But I want to encourage you, meditate on these scriptures during the week and come expectant on Friday. Um, we're going to see a lot of stuff happen Friday evening, okay? And a lot of it's going to happen through... It's not all going to be from the front, words of knowledge and I'll pray for you and all that sort of thing. It's going to be all of us healing one another. Is that all right? Because yeah. Jesus said, heal the sick, didn't he? So let's do that, okay? Now, if you have something specific, just tell them. Don't go into the story of it. You might say, I've got a problem with my knee, I've got a back problem or something. Just say that. That's all I want you to say. Don't go into the whys and wherefores. But just speak healing over them, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for the anointing of your spirit right now. We just take authority over every sickness, every symptom. Every dis-ease, we command those things to, the power of those things to be broken over our lives, over this body, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the release of faith right now as we just speak the word and enable each other to receive from you. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Just raise your hand if you know you're receiving from him. Just raise one of your hands if you know you're receiving from him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So I just want to encourage you. Take the word and meditate during this week and just begin to receive. There's cycles of sickness that some of you have had going on in your life for years. The power of, the, of that is going to be broken over the next few days. As you begin to meditate on Jesus, on his word, the power of things is going to be broken. Stuff, cycles of sickness, infirmities, that's what that is. Cycles of sickness are going to be broken. Stuff you're just going to receive from him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. 
For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.